0: Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OscastNetwork.com for details. Get
1: great fall savings on all your home care and entertaining needs during the fall home care event at Safeway. Head into Safeway and get deals on products like Clorox disinfecting wipes, Swiffer wet mopping cloths, Lysol all-purpose cleaner, Swiffer wet jet mopping pads, Mr. Clean multi-surface cleaner, or Lysol power toilet bowl cleaner. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for more details. Offers expire October 31st. Restrictions supply, Promotions may vary.
0: There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Which Kelly are you? Edward.
1: People call me Ned. I photograph what my conscience asks me to.
0: Ned, they want to have him in the movie! Mad Max 2 is my kind of movie. Shut up! Shut
1: up! Your friend can't come back so much. Oh, he's disabled, I'm this carer.
0: You're blind. He's an equal opportunity employer. The kids who are sick cannot do their hip-hop anymore. G'day folks and welcome to another episode of... Curb. My name's Andrew Pearce and this is the podcast that takes a look at, well, Australian culture, Australian life, all that kind of stuff. Uh, this podcast is proudly recorded in the lands of the Wajuk people of Perth region and pay respects to the elders both past, present and emerging. On this particular episode, I catch up with one of the uh, great minds behind the Perth Revelation Film Festival, or the Revelation Perth International Film Festival is the proper name. Um, look, I just call it Rev. It is uh, the best film festival I know of. Uh, it's the one that I look forward to every single year. I've been going to Revelation every single year for, well, as you'll hear in this interview, almost two decades now. I was a bit too young to attend uh, way back when uh, when the festival started, Um But, you know, I've made an effort to uh, attend as much as I could and have thoroughly enjoyed it because this is a really fantastic festival for Perth, Uh, has a lot of great films, has a lot of great community events, Um, there's city events and short films, there's a whole bunch of really brilliant stuff that goes on with Revelation and... I really hope that people in Perth head along to go and see it. It is launching on the 1st of July, wraps up on the 11th of July. There's a lot of great films and and festival events that are occurring. Um, To find out a bit more about what's actually going on at the festival, head over to revelationfilmfest.org and check out what's going on there. As I was saying, a lot of really, really good films on there, a lot of really, really good events. Um, one of the ones I'm really quite looking forward to is seeing The Beach, uh, which is Warwick Thornton's, uh, TV series about him basically spending a whole bunch of time on a beach and it's been edited into a film and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. But yeah, Richard's got a whole bunch of suggestions as well, which you'd be able to listen to in this particular interview, um... There's a really, really fascinating discussion. I always enjoy talking to Richard because, uh, you know, he is one of the the great people in the Australian film industry. He has done a lot of great work and and has a lot of experience with what goes on in the Australian film industry and knows a lot. He has a deep well of information and that is something that we touch upon as we go into this particular interview and talking about, you know, different things about, you know, the impact of streamers on festivals, um, the impact of COVID on festivals, uh, the need to pivot to change um, direction and to change location and all this kind of stuff. It's a lot going on. It's a lot to run a film festival. And yet, it's not just films. As I was saying, there are, you know, special events, as talks. Um, there is a cabaret and a bathtub event going on as well by Tomas Ford. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Anyway, it's enough from me. Let's jump into a discussion with Richard and make sure to head along to revelationfilmfest.org and buy your tickets, scoop them up. Um, I know that, like, as I record this, I'm recording it on Monday the 28th of June. um, There is a very distinct possibility that the... um, the locality of Perth might be heading into a lockdown. Who knows? We're in restrictions over the next three days uh, to hopefully um, stem some of these uh, Delta variant outbreaks and stuff like that. But um, basically, if things change, uh, fear not. There is a Rev Stream service that you can actually uh, rent films online and watch some of the the films from the Revelation Film Festival over the past few years. Uh, and certainly, as we discuss in this particular interview. Um, Richard and the team, Jack and Susie, might pivot again if that happens. Uh, He's not afraid of that kind of stuff, which is great to hear. Anyway, let's listen to the trailer for the film festival and then we'll jump into that interview. still is white noise. I want to talk about the challenges that you and Jack face over like 2020, where obviously there's been so many kind of, um, the same kind of bundle of films that we would probably expect we've, have been delayed from, you know, different places and stuff like that. So how have you gone, what kind of challenges did you guys face programming this year's festival as opposed to? festivals in the past you know was there a a less of a lineup of films to pick from or um yeah yeah well we we potentially
1: cannibalized ourselves a little bit because we did do the event in december um so there would have been titles around that period that we would have considered for july Mm -hmm. um but we were prepared to we were talking about all kinds of things we were talking about Whether we script back the dates, you know, just not make it as big, uh, you know, um, ten days, eleven days. Um, Whether we would do fewer films, uh, because we at Luna in Leaderville, we occupy three screens. So do we just think about two, just doing two screens? So it's fewer films, uh, fewer sessions, still the same amount of time. So do we do it like that? But. Uh, We continued, obviously, to hammer for the films and see what was around and that sort of thing. And there didn't really seem to be a decrease in the volume of films that were around and a decrease in the quality of the films that were around. So we were able to still program as we went. We were able to still program to what we would ordinarily ordinarily do in terms of um, volume. But what was lacking for us, because any film festival... Uh, has a number of tentpole films. We, mm. we just call them tentpole films. You know, they're the films that can make you the dough. Uh, and um, there wasn't that volume of, you know, the big-ticket items that, like for us, for Rev, we usually have about six yeah. that really are uh and put some money in the bank. Uh, but there wasn't that volume. Um, so that was, that was a challenge for us because they underpin, to a large extent, you know, the budget, the box office. Um, and also they do flow on to other films. You know, if, if new audiences are being introduced to the festival by these, you know, kicker films, then um, they might dabble in one or two others, which mm. is part of the audience development in the longer term. So without them, you know, that's got a serious financial impact for any film festival. The Melbourne Film Festival is in the same boat. Sydney, New Zealand, Brisbane, everyone is, is in the same boat. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's a thing. So you have to be really, um, um, you have to really, really think about um, what it is that you're doing and how it all works and how you can maximise the box office potential because you, it's not going to be there in the same way. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at films that have a different kind of connection with audiences uh, and think, um, uh, so for us, for instance, over the last couple of years, like the December event and this event, we really zeroed in on Australian films and local films. Um, the local films built in audience straight away. Mm. Um, uh, so uh, so that was a big thing for us. and I think we did pretty well. And one of the good things about Covid, I guess, is that in WA because it's been the transmission has been not interrupted as much as everywhere else. The quality of local works has been really fucking great.
0: Oh, it has, hasn't um, it? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And the the short films as well have been able to be able to think in a much more expansive way. Um, so they very. They always had their own voice, uh, like a WA voice, but this time round they've got a scope uh, which other films, other short films from around the country, don't necessarily have. And I know because I, I watched. 600 of them for the St Kilda Film Festival. So, um, and there, there there is also kind of an openness and a and a a, a scale that um, other short films from around the country don't necessarily have. So, uh, so that's that that's been a big focus for us in the program. Uh, another challenge as well is the change the change in the industry and you could talk to Ingrid at learner or mm. any cinema owner around the country is that because the um, because there hasn't been the, the heavy hitting releases at cinema, the focus for them has been on special events. So that's a, that's a big thing as well. So pulling out the concepts a little bit and building around the concepts to deliver a different kind of experience. Now, You could probably argue that's one of the big the the problems with cinema for a long time is that the um, experience of going to the movies has not been enhanced. You know, it's just you just go to the movies and then you're out again. You're spat out Mm. into a shopping center or a car park or something like that. So that whole experience doesn't really exist anymore. So I think there's this really great thing of it's back to the future in many ways. You know, when going to the cinema was was an experience, just going was an experience. So um pulling out that ex- experiential nature of going to the movies I wouldn't say was a challenge for us but it was certainly front of mind in a way that potentially hadn't been there uh at the front like it had been previously. So that was a, that was a challenge as well. But um yeah, probably. In answer to the question, probably the biggest challenge was fighting those big heavy hitters that can yeah. sustain, can sustain the festival.
0: Do like I've noticed as well with you know Apple and uh, Amazon and all this kind of stuff have really kind of jumped into getting um, getting into the indie scene a lot and picking up certainly in Sundance and stuff like that. They were picking up a lot of smaller films. Um, I'm thinking of I can't remember. There's a film about um, uh, deaf family as well that kind of got picked up for a lot of money by Apple, and it just seemed like that was the kind of film that usually would go to a festival like Revelation and pick up that way. Has that really impacted things a lot, especially from both a Revelation perspective and a St Kilda Film Festival perspective? Um, Look, not so
1: much the St Kilda Film Festival perspective because that's primarily short films. Mm. Um, But uh, from a Rev perspective, that's been going on for... Like I was at South by Southwest probably three years ago, and I met a guy from Amazon there, like one of the reps from Amazon. and the very first thing he said to me was, "We want to buy everything here. Uh, that they're, they're not interested in actually seeing it yeah. but they they want to buy it. And they want to buy it for a couple of reasons. They want to buy it because their machine is so content hungry that they just have to keep shoveling the coal into the boiler. Uh, and they don't care where the coal comes from uh, as long as it fires the machine um, and the other is to cut other people, everyone else out Yeah. Uh, and the, the net effect of that is that it, it drives prices up so films that would ordinarily have a, a low base are suddenly inflated as this bidding war kind of happens and it does cut other people out, it cuts the distributors out um, so in my view the the distributor as a middle person, that's a very endangered species, mm. um, you know, in terms of a business species. So for us, what that whole thing, like with what Apple does and what Amazon does and um, what Netflix do is it's increased the speed that films travel through the industry, mm. so which is a challenge in itself. So for instance, a film that would be at Toronto in September is usually out on a streaming service by January or February. So that's like three three months. In the old days, that is like four years ago, five years ago, um, a film from Toronto in September would stay on the film festival circuit for at least a year and like 18 months. And that would be circulating around the world. Uh, And and before it got a, a cinema release, if it was acquired in Australia, for instance. Now that doesn't exist anymore so now a film's life on the festival circuit is three months now is that good or bad for filmmakers it's probably good they make a lot more money up front uh and fast mm. and they you know there's a lot of deep pockets you know so it's probably actually good for filmmakers for film festivals and audiences from a theatrical point of view it's it's a, it's a cur- it's an absolute curse yeah for us you know so there are, there are things like for instance when you're putting together a festival and we we constantly consider our place in the environment, it's like, well, do you actually rethink it and do you break it into two? Do you have a summer festival and a winter festival where you can catch those films that are good heavy hitters but, but they that they, they don't exist on the, the circuit anymore? Mm. Do you do it like that? And but then what the Amazons and the apples want to do they don't care about other... There was a time where the where the more laurels you could accumulate at being a, at a film festival, the better it is, and yeah. the web history and all that. It totally works for the release. But they don't care about that anymore. The only laurels that they want are Sundance, South by Southwest, Berlin, Rotterdam maybe, and Toronto, and Cannes. So... It's really the top five if you, take, um, if you take Rotterdam out. So there's the five. They only want those five. And if they can grab two of those or one, that's their work done. They don't need to shop it around to any other film festival. So um, so from a REV perspective, and it's every film festival is in the same position mm. as well, you've got to take what you can when it's there yeah. because it, it just moves, you have no choice. You, you're, you're the victim of what's there, but only a, a very short amount of time ago, you, you had a whole different menu that you could choose from, that everyone could choose from. Everyone could have a go at it. Uh, they would usually hold off on the, to, for the big five anyway, um, but it, it was pretty free and open and very delineated. Now, not even the distributors know, like the, the Sonys and the Universals and those guys, they don't even know what they've got and when it's coming out. And it might only be a matter of a few weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um,
0: well, but Revelation's pivoted, though. Like, you've you've consistently pivoted into interesting things. Like, years ago, you did, um, you know, the live mes- music and stuff like that, which was excellent, you know. And then now you've done um, Blind Data Music video and things like yeah. that, and then you've got XRWA. So all of that kind of pivoting has uh, kept it fresh and alive. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, how important is that for you guys? And how difficult well, is it to be like, oh, we've got to add this extra thing on as well? Well,
1: you know, for us, just going back to the last question, yeah. like the, uh, the issue with um, getting films and the speed of the industry and the Netflixes and the Amazons and the uh, Apples and all that, that doesn't worry us, yep. actually. It's not a problem for us. Um, it is a problem for, a num- for other film festivals, which are very, very big, and they have very big operations to run which cost a lot of money so you you need a level of security but we don't have that issue Hmm. so uh, for us it's 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 not a it's not a major issue now linking it to your last question Hmm. like moving around and being um uh very flexible in the marketplace is not something we do because we have to or covid comes along it's like oh fuck what are we going to do yeah it like we just like exploring the industry at, that that we have, uh, and so, for instance, with the streaming service we have, which is called RevStream now, I started that six years ago, uh, and the idea there was like, you know, how do you how do you actually put films online and 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 make money out of them? How 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 does it work? Like technically, how does it work? And financially, how does it work? Hmm. And will, will people be into it? Like, how long will it take to build an audience? Or will anyone at all be interested? And how far can I push this? And I, I just want to learn it. So principally, that's what where it all springs from. It's like, I wonder how this works. So we'll give it a go just to figure out how it works, um, which is what we did with, uh, with Revstream. And now six years later, like I was making one sale every two months. Uh, now it's actually a viable business. That's good, uh, yeah. To, when I say a viable business we can count on money coming in from it and it's quite predictable uh, and it actually works There's well, was a
0: nice deep library there there's a great there's a great array of films there yeah oh it's awesome it's awesome
1: and I haven't added to it for for a couple of months but it's really super good and it actually works uh, so uh so something like that for instance was not a oh gee we have to expand our audience and financial base but it was more, I wonder how this works. Uh, and then from a pragmatic perspective, you know, from a, a management perspective, we know this industry is very, very dynamic. Mm-hmm. And the media industry changes every single day. And we know that by actually looking at it and thinking about it and uh, and wanting to explore the diversity of the industry and the sector. So for us, let's say, back has got a really, really good understanding and appreciation of visual art, like gallery-based moving image art. So to do collaborations with, let's say, PICA or the Fremantle Arts Centre with moving image art, mm. that's only a small sideways step for us, and it really, really works. Uh, and it allows us to, to to delve into a new audience, understand that how that audience works. We're able to apply for money from different sources and... So introduce ourselves to funding agents, different kinds of funding agencies, and be not not just react to any change, but initiate the change, mm. and say, look, we're, we're not we're not just this one thing. Um, we're 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 a lot of things, uh, and so the festival itself is not a film festival. The festival itself is a much more conceptual thing it's a different kind of beast now than what it was way back then and it's different to other almost any other film festival that you can name anywhere in the world mm. because it's a different kind of it's just an organic beast uh and hasn't stopped moving it hasn't stopped going oh gee fuck you know let's do live music mm. let's let's see how that goes uh and just expand the the base of the, of the festival because we know that eventually we will have to, and it's why not just do it now, uh, and and so with COVID, when COVID hit, for us, it actually wasn't a, a panicked thing. It wasn't like oh my fucking god, what are we going to do? Yeah, like <laughs> um, we'd already been working online like this with Zoom uh, and on a distributed um organizational structure with Jack in Sydney, me in Melbourne, Sue's over here on the team here and the graphic artists in WA. We've been doing that for like nearly 15 years. Mm. So for us, all that remote learn remote doing, it's like okay, whatever. Let let other people struggle with that. We you know, we're doing it. So all that but that only comes from trying to figure it out and experimenting with us. Mm.
0: Um
1: so I don't know if that answers, answers. Any no, no,
0: it does. Yeah, no, it does. Because it's just uh, like as somebody who's been visiting revelation for, for, you know, over 10 years now, um, 15 yeah. years, maybe geez, it feels like it feels, you know, like yesterday that I'd started going, but it's, it's almost 20 yeah. years now. So, you know, I've, I've always been impressed by how you guys have changed and kind of, adjusted year after year because there's yeah, a different yeah. personality to each festival there's a different kind of vibe to each of the the festivals and you go there and it's like you know like last year I enjoyed watching the the stuff at home because it felt like yeah. okay this felt like something that revelation was going to do anyway it felt like yeah, yeah. you know it felt like an organic thing that was going to happen anyway so that's quite yeah. interesting this year in yeah. particular you've got Tomas Ford doing you know his uh, bizarre kind yeah. of cabaret-ish in a bathtub kind of thing as well. So yeah. it's it's something yeah. completely different altogether. Yeah. But underpinning yeah. all of that is a support for the local arts and a support for Australian arts. And I yeah. think that's really important. Which kind of leads me to one of the things that you've been really vocal about and kind of uh, instigating a change, I guess, is the best way of putting it within the arts industry in Australia, where it's so heavily tied to fossil fuels and things like that. That's something that Revelation doesn't do at all. How hard has it been for you and kind of um, what's been the reaction and the pushback in a way for you in particular, because you've written up some great pieces about it. To stick your flag yeah. in the sand and go, this is not right. This is not on. Yeah. How's that yeah. been?
1: Well, look, it's really super interesting. The like, it, it was. It's never been like a, a flag planting thing. Certainly for me, it's yeah. just been just my personal opinion. Uh, and because I spent so many years at the festival, literally on my own doing everything, it's just like, well, I don't, I don't like it. Uh, but, you know, I was talking to someone about it the other day and it's, it's, it's like obviously the fossil fuel side of it and the environmental side of it is a, a, a central thing. Mm. But for me originally, it was much more a exploitation side, you know, approach. It's like these, these companies will destroy cultures and they will destroy places and they will destroy environments and poison rivers uh, and set things on fire. Uh, and be the the most um, obscene colonialists um, that y- that you will find It's any like any nation, you know, um, colonial colonialists. Anyway, and then so then the environmental um, side of it is right in there as well. So, in answer to the question, it's really funny it was like it's always been part of the ethos of the Mm. festival you can see it in the programming you know which is very social justice oriented very much yeah and it's got a lot of you know political editorial opinion in it uh it's been on our website since like forever Uh, and then when uh the issue really came to the surface in recent times just the last 18 months almost in wa in the media or two years um where i was quoted in in the media uh, and asked to write a piece, that just went fucking ballistic. Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, and, uh, it was like you threw and, a and hand was- grenade into everything. It was
1: nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, it was like, and I, I said, look, it's been on our website for like twenty years, and no one said anything. Uh, but as soon as you go out into the public and actually you just have an opinion, which is all that I did was all I did was have an opinion. Yeah, I didn't say, I didn't name anyone. I didn't say. You guys have got to stop doing that. You're fucked. Um, I I didn't do any of that. I said, all I did was say, this is my opinion. This is our opinion. What's yours? And the, the, the provocation, of course, is that when you say, well, this is my opinion. What's yours? And they're not allowed to have an opinion. They're literally not allowed to have an opinion. They get very angry. And they get very angry at me. But in actual fact, they're angry at themselves because they have sold their opinion. Hmm. They've sold their ability to have an opinion and they know it and they get really, really angry at themselves. But they take it out on me Uh, or the the festival and say, like, I've seen things, oh, you know, fucking grandstanding about the environment, you know, rah, rah, rah. And when it happened, I got a phone call from. A, an agency in WA, an arts agency in WA, saying, what the fuck are you doing? Don't you realise where your money is coming from? Uh, and, and they said, uh, look, uh, you, you know that there's a lot of arts, arts, arts organisations out there that are really angry with what you, what you said. Mm. Uh, and it's like, well, what did I say? All I said was that we, we don't take fossil fuel money or money from fossil yeah. fuel companies. Oh, actually, I, I didn't even say that. I, I said, it, it's not even about fossil fuels. It's about ethics. That's it. Uh, and so I put an, an ethical position on the table. This is what we do. Uh, and if they want to get angry about it, that's that's their thing. And look, I was also doing talking to other um, organisations about collaborations, um, uh, you know, uh, of, you know, cross art. Uh, you know, moving image-based collaborations. And the discussion was moving along quite well at quite a high level. Uh, and then I got a phone call from them and they said, look, based on the, uh, you know, what you're advocating in the public domain, our marketing department thinks it's, it's probably not the right thing to do to progress this collaboration. Um, I so like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, and this person who was breaking that news to me said, I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying. But the organization says, no. Uh, so th- this is the this is the strange dilemma that I have, the same the strange question that that I ask myself is how can you how can you go to work with an opinion mm. and then just put that opinion on a hat rack when you walk in the door? and do exactly the opposite in, in your professional life? How do you how do you balance that? And I think that that is the thing that makes the arts agencies who do it and who are angry at us or me, but it's not about me, who are angry at us, the festival, that's what makes them angry because they can't do it. Yeah. And I don't understand how you can adopt such a foul strategy such a strategy that has no positive outcome for you as a company. Just forget about the issue. That it's a strategy that you cannot, that cannot, that you cannot look good in. Hmm. In whatever you do, you cannot make it look good. Um, why, at a board level, you would not think of something else uh, and fly that flag really high, even if you are taking that money. Yeah. Why you would not say? we're transitioning, which is what the whole thing is about. Transitioning out of one way of thinking into another and one financial um, structure into another. Why you would not fly that flag and say, look, we are transitioning. Um, but they don't. And instead they, they, it's just buried. Yeah. It's literally buried. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, It could be so easy.
0: It could be. But as you were saying, like Revelation has shown a lot of great documentaries and great films about climate change about the environment and things like that i mean i remember sitting in cinema one at lunar and just being overwhelmed by aquarella like that was just a an overwhelming film yeah and i'm always excited like i know when people people who might be listening to this might be going oh look another environmental documentary i'm going to feel sad and all this kind of stuff But there's some kind of brilliance and beauty to these kinds of films in a way that um, doesn't feel overwhelming. And that's what I always look forward to when I see the lineup come up and there's a whole bunch of titles I've never heard of. And I'm like, oh, I'm excited because this is going to be a journey that I don't know where it's going to take me. So for this year's festival, what are the champion films for you that, you know, the ones that kind of, you know, this is the journey that people should go down?
1: Besides all of them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, it's very hard to kill my babies. If if I've got to narrow it down and, and like, be, you know, barbaric about the whole thing, boil it down, there's a a couple. I think the documentary, uh, The Monopoly of Violence, I think that is just a kick-ass documentary. It is so well-made. It looks brilliant on the big screen. It's literally fiery. It's like a... It's it's about the um the use of state sanctioned violence, mm. i.e. the police and you know, things like the National Guard in the United States and all that to quell civil unrest and where the balance is, you know, where do you where do they work for the citizenry or where do they work for the for other gigantic forces? You know, that's the you know, that's what the argument is about. And it's so well put together and very uh intellectual in its approach really rigorous in that kind of a what in that kind of a way so and it's cinematically it's really amazing mm. so uh, that, that's one that i would put forward as like being a, a really great experience whatever you think of the issue um then um i, I really really like the film we're not here to fuck spiders i think that's just (laughs) it's good it's good isn't it yeah it's a really brilliant piece of work and everything about it is awesome like just the 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 way it was made and you know semi-improvised and you know uh in a busted out squat you know derelict house and the whole thing you know and even the history of josh reed the director you know his old man my long weekend and that sort of thing Mm. which is just a classic in its own right so that it's that is an awesome movie and when i first saw it i thought oh wow this thing is fresh uh and like i liked it a lot uh and i said to jack you know mate you got to look at this movie i think you're gonna really like it uh so that's that's one and in the same spirit i really do like the neon across the ocean from uh matthew victor pastor
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, a really very cool australian director his uh, visual I, style in
0: that I, film is really beautiful as well. I thought oh, yeah. it was really impressive. Like
1: yeah. Yeah, it's striking. He's still finding his directorial feet and still finding his, you know, um, breakthrough work, but I don't think he's very far away mm. um, of, of that, um, whether it's here in Australia or internationally. And it may very well be for him internationally, because I think he really does have a, Euro- a really good European feel mm. about his films. Uh, he's got a really good, a really great eye for photography and colour, and that that color, whole kind of Wan Kau Wai uh, vibrancy mm. of you know Hong Kong and Asia, um, he really captures in in his movies. But also the the, the loneliness of a, of a big of big cities and big metropolises and that sort of thing, and the outer limits of you know the people inhabiting the 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 outer extremities of mm. those places i think he's got a really really good handle on um and uh, you can really see him building up to a to a breakthrough work um so something like that so so that that film is really that was really amazing i really like the opening night movie as well freshman year um which overseas was called shithouse um <laughs> but um i don't know why it's just i should, should i was talking to cooper the director and star and editor and producer and uh you know a a writer of the film the other day and i was going to ask him that question but i really like that movie as well because it's really authentic it's boiled right down to its just you know it's really distilled well Mm. and that's what i've really liked this year about the films in the program and this was the same with the st kilda film festival too was that the films were really boiled down to their absolute core uh and You know, it's what you have are the pure ingredients of, you know, story, performance, cinematography, sound and editing. And you can see them all so strong. And um, that film freshman year, I think, has really got that. And this year, I think, you know, we've we've always, um, you know, uh, run toward, you know, authentic voices, really strong works, really... Signature, strong signatures, and that sort of thing. But I think this year, of any year, there's you know just authenticity, 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 uh, and um, and that's what you get without the heavy hitters. You know, yeah. without the you know the ten poles, you get a much more um. I don't know, distilled is a good word, but you get a really focused clarity of where people are at mm. and the commonality between storytelling across the world which is just straight at you very simple very character driven and really really honest
0: yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. well thanks for your time richard i I really appreciate it i want to wrap up by asking sort of a a two-handed thing there's um revelation has, has often sought for um you know community support and all this kind of stuff. And you guys have recently put up a a link for people to donate to ensure that the festival continues going, um, which is fantastic to see. uh, And I'll make sure that I'll share that out alongside this interview as well. Um, But where do you see, like, what are your, your kind of, what's your vision, I guess, for the next few years of Revelation? Where, Where do you, what's the pie in the sky kind of thing? What's your dream thing that you want to do with it?
1: Look, you know, it's really funny the, in the early days of the festival, when it was starting to get some traction, I was thinking, I always, you know, I always had something like the Melbourne Film Festival, uh, like being at that kind of level and that scale and that sort of thing. is part of, part of the aim. But that drifted away quite, quite quickly. Mm. Uh, and I learned really early uh, that, and particularly now over the last couple of years, is that you can't have a five-year plan or a five-year vision. You can't even have a three-year plan or mm. a three-year vision. So I get really frustrated in funding applications and such, where I've got to say, what you know, when I've got to put a business plan yeah. in for five years. It's like fuck that. No, I'm thinking like now. Right. Yeah, what if what about. if another
0: COVID happens? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And so what? So what? The, the what the plan is is to just keep doing exactly what it is that we're doing, and that's just experiment with everything. Say, gee, I wonder what would happen if we did this. That's not in the plan, Mm. but so like, it's funny because all my plans and what I predict actually does happen. Like, we get the audiences that I think that we will get. We get the funding that I think we will get, although it's never enough. We, you know, we build a a streaming service. You know, we integrate live music. So we, so that all that happens, but the vision. Look, I, I, I don't know. I think I, I, I don't know. Well, actually, it's not the vision. It's like where will where do we want to be in three or five years? I I, I actually don't know. Uh, the vision. I think the vision was so far ahead back in the day that of what the festival could and should be. Hmm. We're still not even. You know, we're still that 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 vision statement has still got so much room to, to still fill for us. So. We're not behind. We don't have to be anywhere where we're not. Uh, I think where we're at is right in the zone. Yeah. It's actually right in the zone because we are making movies. We're not just showing them. We're making movies. Last year, I made four. I produced four uh, at VR movies. Yeah. Uh, this year, we're producing four with the City of Vincent. You know, we're we're making movies. We're showing movies. We're doing moving image art. Producing. We're commissioning art. Um, we have a, our own streaming service, we have a festival, we're screening throughout the year, we have the WA Screen Awards. Mm. Uh, if it all turns to shit over the next three days here, that's not a disaster for us. Uh, and we just like shapeshift into something else three months from now, four yeah. months from now. And that's actually fun for us. <laughs> it's not a head It's fun, you know? So I think we're exactly where, where we should be uh, and I don't want to be anywhere else. That's, so good. that's the answer.
0: Fantastic. That's a perfect way to wrap up. <laughs> well, I really look forward to seeing you at the festival and, and, you know, catching up and all this kind of stuff. Cause there's a great lineup. There's a lot of great films that I'm excited to see and, and, and catch up. And most importantly, to see the familiar faces as well, to see the same people, oh, that yeah. you know, and the, the faces yeah. and the people who I've known over the years at the festival and stuff, is just, it's going to be a delight. So, um, Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, thanks so much for the time. It's very enjoyable.
0: No worries. Thanks, Richard. That was uh, Revelation Film Festival programmer Richard Sawada talking about this year's particular festival, which uh, kicks off on the 1st of July at Luna Leadable in Perth, alongside a whole bunch of other events are taking place. There's some events taking place at the back lot as well, uh, some talks and workshops, and then there's XRWA, there's everything. Basically, if you head over to revelationfilmfest.org, you're going to find something to watch, to enjoy over the, the July period. It's great to see Revelation back in July, back in cinemas in July. Uh, As we mentioned in that particular discussion there, there was an online festival uh, last July and then pivoted to a December festival. So yeah, there's a lot of great films that are going to be screening at this year at the festival. Make sure to head along and go and catch them if you can. And as I mentioned as well, there is a, a possibility if you can't even attend or if you're interstate or anywhere else, uh, then you can also help keep the festival going by supporting them financially by getting over to revelationfilmfest.org slash donate. It's a tax-deductible donation as well. Um, so basically it just helps keep the, uh, the festival going, which also helps keep whole bunch of the arts community here in Perth, Western Australia, keep on going as well. Uh, As Richard mentioned, there is a lot that Revelation does for the local community here, Uh, so it's a really, really big thing to uh, get behind a festival like Revelation and and, ensure that it keeps on going. Uh, Look, I champion a lot. I love this festival. It means a lot to me, so hopefully that comes across in this particular interview. And and as you hear me now, uh, I'm quite passionate about it. Uh, It's a really wonderful place, and I'm very excited to see, as I mentioned, the familiar faces once again back at the festival. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you enjoyed this particular discussion. If you want to hear more interviews, read reviews, things like that, I'm going to have a couple of reviews uh, for films that are playing at the festival, heading up on thecurb.com.au. You can head over there and read them there. Uh, If you want to go the extra step and help keeping us alive and supporting us, then you can head over to patreon.com forward slash thecurb.au otherwise uh, keep safe keep saying uh, look after each other and make sure to say covid safe everybody wear your masks get vaccinated if you can take care everybody and i will see you again soon